Hey guys, Sean here. Just a quick heads up. This episode was recorded on Zoom, and so we apologize for any of the technical difficulties you might hear during this, but we're trusting that God's going to use this to equip and encourage and support our church family. So enjoy. This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold Podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, maybe even perhaps, and welcome to the Behold Podcast, dear listener. It's been a little minute since we've had this dear guest today. My name is Shaw, and I have my, uh, I'm the Robin to his Batman, some would say, Mr. Dan Gillette. And we're, What's up, guys? We're both, uh, I can't think of a good analogy, but we both are far beneath Mr. Pat Smith. Say hi, Pat. Hi, Pat. Wow. You're a good, oh my gosh. A good great We're off listener. to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, you've been somewhere far away, even farther than Tracy. You know, it seems impossible. But where have you been recently? Tell our listeners. Yeah, just when you thought Tracy was at the end of the earth, uh, Sheila and I went over a month ago to Poland and Ukraine to join uh, Tim Johnston and his wife and children. We were there for uh, a week or so with, with them. And uh, then joined up with Tim Barley in, in Ukraine and, uh, and we got to see some really exciting things and be encouraged and encourage uh, people in the church family over there. Well, tell, tell everybody a little bit, you know, just what were the particulars of, you know, what, what were the goals of this particular trip and, um, you know, kind of what did the day to day look like? I mean, being gone for a month, I mean, that's that's a good chunk of time. I'm sure you had an opportunity to get into a groove, a rhythm a little bit. So give us a, give us a picture of what, what it was like. Yeah. Well, you would think that being gone for that long, you'd hit some type of a, a groove, but I don't believe uh, one was ever achieved uh, because we were oh, just boy. doing some, some different things uh, from week to week and, and day to day. And, and obviously the first part is the travel, uh, you know, 12, 14 hour uh, travel over to, Poland, where we went. And uh, then we were there uh, connecting with a church there that was uh, just dealing with uh, the refugee system. That's what a lot of this had to to deal with, being over there and encouraging a church there and what they were doing with refugees from Ukraine and and Poland. We were in Krakow. And then uh, Sheila and I went uh, up north from Krakow and uh, visited a church who was... uh, helping and ministering to refugees in Kutno, a small city of Kutno, Poland, and had a great uh, visit there, uh, served them, and were encouraged by them and what they were doing with, uh, with refugees there. Then we went down to the border and were with uh, a group, a nonprofit uh, Christian organization that had just been inundated dealing with the thousands and thousands of refugees that came over the border back in March and April. And when Tim was there, he had met up with them and we helped them. They're in the process of getting ready for what they believe is another influx of refugees coming the winter because of the nature of what's going to be happening. They believe in Ukraine. So another wave and they've got a house and we helped them fix up the house and 
and so that was that was good, but that was different than what we had done the week before. And then we spent the last week over in uh, Kiev with uh, a church over there that has uh, stayed there. Uh, a lot of their members have have left, and men have gone to fight. Uh, but the church, the pastor, his family have stayed there to. Uh, help and minister to the remaining people of the church, build the church with the people that are there, and then look at some of the uh, villages around Kiev that need help. And so with doing all that, uh, it was and it was a 12 or 13 hour train ride from uh, Krakow to Kiev. Actually, we left from a place called Jimish uh, down towards the border, and that was 12 hours overnight. Uh, going there. So it was uh, interesting when you talk about a schedule and kind of a rhythm, there wasn't other than, you know, it was kind of whoever was in front of us, we were uh, sharing the, the Lord with and uh, and helping and encouraging and being encouraged. That was a, a consistent theme. And of course, you can imagine with uh, with Tim and, and his family, uh, we we had a, a great time doing it. It was uh, it was a real blessing to be with with the family and then with Tim for the other three weeks. That's wow. a short answer. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired, you know, uh, I, I just imagine kind of all the divine appointments that you guys had along the way and uh, all the opportunities you have just to, just to be God's, you know, hands and feet and just, just to love people in, in practical ways and, I'm sure a lot of a lot of opportunities to pray with folks and man, what a what an incredible time! Wow, yeah. uh, Pat, I'm curious. You know, I'll say this tactfully: you are um, not a doctor, you're not no. a dentist. Uh, I'm not, and yet. God use you, you know, to go and serve. And so for those people who are listening who maybe feel that way, because I heard someone say this recently where they're like, I'm not a dentist or a doctor. Like, why would I go? There's better people than me, you know? Um, Maybe you can just explain a little bit about yours and Sheila's process of how did you determine and trust God that he was picking you for this particular trip to go serve? Yeah, interesting, because it's the same thing that happened. This happened a couple times. Uh during our Christian walk. And one most notably is when Tim Barley talked about uh, city team 10, 12 years ago now. And Sheila and I were sitting in church and we looked at each other as like dealing with addicts, alcoholics, and broken people, man, that's we're we're made for that. God has really redeemed us in those areas of our life. So we went up to, to Tim and, and talked to him about it. And that was beginning of 10 years of ministering in Oakland. And then uh, Tim Johnson had approached me and told me he was going over to uh, Ukraine. And I was, I was mildly interested, but I was like, man, there's a war over there. I'm one person. What can, what can really, what can you do? And when he came back with Jill and Claire and Tim and talked to the church about what they were doing, and they talked about who they met, their response, the fact that people from, 6,000 miles away were so overwhelmed with people from America who were very comfortable coming over to a place of war, which was even worse when Tim and the group was over there before mm-hmm. uh, than, than it is now. Sheila and I looked at each other and like, okay, so they're, they're broken people. Um, there is a, we found out there's a ministry over there. One of the places we went to minister to uh, alcoholics and addicts. And 
we've been in places like Oakland and inner cities. So uh, a place like Kiev that was in some places very bombed out. I mean, it was, it was in tatters, just destroyed. Uh, it didn't really, that wasn't going to affect us, affect us. And there's believers to be encouraged, uh, which is what, you know, we would normally do here. So the things that God has brought us from and has uh, equipped us with, we just, as we heard more, everything just was real. Man, that's, we can do what we do here uh, over there. And God not only did that, what we thought, but so much more in areas of our life that we were able to, to minister and that we didn't even anticipate um, happening. Uh, one which we can get into uh, now or later is, is even um, our Antioch uh, school. We found uh, a guy 6,000 miles away that just <laughs> started Antioch classes in his what? church in, in Kiev. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah, Sheila, Sheila happened upon upon him. And as you can imagine, that was hours of encouragement. But again, both ways. We, we were encouraging him because it was real uh, tough sledding. He's a, a younger guy. And uh, so, and we were really, yeah. really encouraged. So well, just those, all those, those things. You, for those of you listeners that don't know, so the Antioch School of Church Planning and Ministry is in Ames, Iowa. And they, their model for education is basically equipping local churches to train up pastors and leaders, and and it's a it's it's a program you can that uh, a church can can basically be certified to run, and people can take it just for their own spiritual formation and education, or you could take it for college credits, and it's fully accredited. You could get you know your undergrad, your bachelor's, your master's, um, and uh, so VBC's been been running. Uh, classes through Antioch. Some some people have just been going, just auditing and just for their own spiritual development. Others have been, have uh, graduated. Uh, yours truly uh, has graduated from wow. Antioch. So, but but it's so so random to and just a God thing, you know, just um, in Eastern Europe, right? Having connections to uh, to this this weird little college in in Ames, Iowa. It's pretty amazing. So I'm sure yeah. that was a. I'm sure you guys got a kick out of that. Well, and absolutely. I mean, you, you think we've been doing that now for, what, 10 years? You were in the first class, right, Dan? Is it yep. 2012 when you started? Yeah, yeah. We were the guinea pigs. Yeah, and then you and I uh, taught classes, and we still have classes going on. We've probably had, I have to say, um, and I haven't heard anybody in our group dispute it, but it's got to be over 100 people have been exposed to the classes we have or the Bible studies, the first principle Bible studies in our church. Um, not having gone all the way, but just exposed to it and the importance of the local church and establishing believers. And who would have thought that over in Kiev, in a war-torn city, that somebody would actually still be actively uh, having classes through Zoom and such all through all through that. So it was uh, encouraging. And we found we talked to a pastor in Poland whose church was first hit by COVID, then by some issues in the city, and now with uh, the refugees, and he's trying to build his church back. And when we talked to him about what we do, uh, he's asked to get some of the information sent to him, and, and he'd like some help going through that and then maybe implementing that as well. So uh, it's all 
all neat stuff, you know, that, that those are things that I didn't even, I mean, sure, you know, as we use these things, we just make them part of our ministry, but then to actually talk to somebody about uh, implementing it, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. That's awesome, man. Wow. Yeah, well, really quick before, before we, um, cause I, th- I think there's some, some great connections between the experience that you had in Eastern Europe and this Daniel series that we're going through. And, um, but before we get into that, tell us really quick, Pat, how was the food? How was the food over there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of it. There, okay. there was a lot of it. Um, so apparently in Eastern Europe for breakfast, it's not uncommon to have uh, ham, cheese sandwiches. Uh, let's see, what did we have? We had tortillas tuna fish, hot dogs, sausage, eggs, um, pretty much anything could come out of the refrigerator at breakfast time. And it sounds delicious. It, it, it was a little heavier, was pretty little heavier than what you're used to maybe a little bit. Well, I'm a, I'm a, um, intermittent fasting guy. So breakfast isn't uh, okay. even in my vocabulary. So, so you're not normally housing hot dogs uh, <laughs> to start the day. <laughs> Fair enough, no. fair enough. And, uh, but it was it was good that like many cultures they were they were so great and so gracious and we stayed in a house that was a safe house for ref- Ukrainian refugees so we stayed with with them in a you know, six seven bedroom house there was 20 uh, refugees roughly there and they ran the house and they made us breakfast and this 12 year old girl just started taking 12 year old young lady. Uh, and just start taking stuff out of the refrigerator in the cupboard saying, you want this in, in a language I didn't know. And so what could I say? All right. I'll yeah. Take that. Go, go ahead. It. Put, go ahead. Put butter on my uh, ham and cheese sandwich. I'm absolutely fine with that. Love that. <laughs> well, and you never know, right? Culturally, you never know how offensive no is going to be for whatever the, the thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Until we built a relationship with, uh, our hosts, you know, as they change from week to, to week, we tried just to be as gracious as, as we could and be, be grateful. I, I know there's some cultures that I wouldn't have even been able to have named the food that was in front of me. So I was grateful that I knew what was there to, uh, to eat. So, uh, it was good. I'm, so I'm, I'm back on my nutrition, uh, habits now. Wow. Well, food aside, um, man, we're just excited to dig into what God produced through your time out there. And obviously, we're not going to get to all of that right now. But maybe we're just one thing we can just start to talk about is, you know, you've been with us until you up until you left in the Daniel series. And you're part of the teaching team, so now you're, you're involved in the, the conversations about um, just the, the steadfastness and um, resolve that Daniel has shown thus far in these first seven chapters. Um, and so I'm just interested to see, you know, fresh off of that, leaving here to go over there, what are some ways that you saw either developed in your own heart or demonstrated in others? Um, just that same kind of resolve. Obviously, here in America, it's easy to talk about being in a land of oppressors, you know, but you go somewhere like that or it's just so much more vivid and tangible. I can only imagine there'd be things like that. So maybe you'd be willing to share a little bit. Yeah, I, I would say that. I would love to point to some of the areas of 
of my life where the fruit has uh, has been, as we've seen, in, uh, and can be uh, gained from Daniel's writings. Uh, but they were so much more evident in other people's uh, lives as we went uh, through the uh, the countries there between Poland and Ukraine. And it was interesting to go from where we started with people that were refugees and what they went through and how they were able to process what had happened to them. And the two things that were common that I found were, uh, one, they were all very emotional. We got to uh, visit uh, refugees in the town of Kutno who were uh, housed in apartments and such. And then obviously we, we lived with them. And as we talk, we got to talk to everyone, pray with them, and just talk to, sometimes we talk about the, the weather, their family, something light. Most, though, got into what it was like in their part of Ukraine, what it was like coming out of the country and what it was like now being in a, in a different country, different language, and very few relationships. And it, it was just amazing at how much faith they still had, even through that. And then we followed that to the border and talked to some of the people there. And then going into Ukraine and talking to the people that were still there. And in one village, and I, I think Tim Barley talked about it on uh, Sunday, looking at the, at the service, that uh, it was Russian-occupied. And it was mostly women that are left there because most of the men are, are gone into the army or uh, trying to gain work or whatever, wherever they are. So it's mostly women and, and children. And they had been occupied by uh, Russia and put into a basement of a building uh, less than a thousand square feet with uh, from 25 to 40 people for three weeks or more. And, and one of the women who was there was walking us around the, this basement, showing us what they did, how they stayed warm, where they, they slept. And she was amazing. She had uh, a joy about her, even though when she talked about some of the things, she, she teared up. Um, but she was so faithful. Her, her, uh, her love of, of God just exuded. And some of these, I mean, people were from all different faiths. It's obviously a highly uh, Catholic country. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, Protestants there as well. And they're all in different process, obviously, of their faith. But uh, just amazing, amazing people, uh, what we saw there and their resolve and their ability to uh, walk through these things. So, you know, like you said, you look at all the problems we have here and, and we always talk about it, you know, like our, you know, how bad we have it sometimes we think. And uh, it really puts things in, in perspective. Yeah, I love how how getting you know, to a different country and particularly a country that is, is dealing with some kind of, um, you know, challenge like that, whether it's economically, politically, um, in this case, you know, an invasion. Uh, when you get out of your context and you, you're able to to see how uh, what somebody else's experience is, it really can can bring things into perspective and, and, and just change things. I mean, and just hearing you talk, talk through that, how, how could you not make those connections to, to, um, you know, the, the Israelites in Babylonian captivity and, 
and it would be so easy to for them to um, just to be mad at God or to just kind of uh, fall into despair or or jump in with you know whatever's happening culturally there, but to, just to go over there and see believers that are staying faithful to God and and that have have made a decision to to, to have that resolve. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's inspiring. I, I, I'd love to hear you talk about the church that you, um, you guys did, did work with primarily just, you know, thinking about the pastors that are sticking it out. Right. I mean, be, it, again, yeah. it would be totally understandable to just say, Hey, you know, we're packing, we're, we're packing up shop. You know, all these guys are, are going to fight. Um, you know, we, we're in danger. We've got a target on our back because we're gathering together let's just, Hey, let's just go into hiding, hunker down until this thing. But, but that's not what they're doing. You know, can you talk just a little bit about that? And, um, yeah, just the the faithfulness that you see in that. And, and there's, you, you heard, um, from Poland when we were there talking to, to the refugees and some of the, uh, you know, why they left. And like you said, all the right reasons. I mean, they're, whether they were in, uh, Odessa, where the missiles were flying, or whether uh, they were in uh, a place, uh, uh, Severodonetsk, that got taken over by Russia, or Kiev, which was occupied. Uh, you know, they all had reasons to leave, but this pastor, he was actually, he was going to leave. And his wife said to him, how can we? Uh, with all of these people that, that need us uh, and need uh, Christ. How can we do that? And, wow. and so I did hear the story. They did talk, and, and they weren't negative about some of the pastors that left, and there were, and there were reasons why, why some did, sick family members, et cetera. But it still leaves the church family and those, obviously, who don't believe in a difficult position who, who stay there. And like I said, you have uh, tanks rolling into to Kiev. I don't think any of us would be <laughs> would be grudge anybody that says, you know what, my my best chance of living is to go to uh, either Western Ukraine or, or Poland. But uh, but the the pastor stayed there. His family, uh, he offered them to to leave. They stayed. They're helping him in in ministry. He has some adult children. He has younger uh, children. He's adopted, uh, and his, his church dwindled down to about twenty. He he combined with another church a couple times. Had house church. And uh, now they're they're kind of going back, and he's he's relentless and tireless. It was uh, difficult to uh, keep up with him with everything that that we wow. were that we were doing. It was um, it was great. There was nothing like, hey, this is a crisis. We'll do what we can, and just when it's over, then we'll start ministering. He was uh, going into the apartments, uh, you know, the old. <laughs> the old apartments in some of the bad parts of the city. And, and we were, our church did a, a phenomenal job of providing the resources for them to buy. I don't know what we do. We did almost 200 bags of food. We probably, uh, over a ton of food we bought, packed and delivered. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was great. And they were, they were right there. And he was extremely grateful that we were there. The people that we met uh, were very grateful and some of them, you know, you give them food and, and, and 
in uh, one of the areas, some kids brought us out these, uh, these little like um, pancake type breads uh, for us before we left. That was in uh, Poland. They, they did that. And another one made us a little, you know, while we we're still in delivering stuff, they made these little bracelets and brought them out to us. And you look and, you know, what, what do you say? They have nothing and they give you uh, something. You know, it's, uh, it was, it was neat. So the, the pastors got great, great resolve, um, phenomenal uh, attitude, and, uh, and it's, it's difficult. You know, he'd be the first one to tell you that uh, he, he doesn't have as much rest as he'd like. He doesn't have as much uh, time with the Lord as he'd like, uh, but he's doing, uh, you know, what he feels the, the Lord wants him to, to do. So he's talking about, uh, just on Sunday at the Crossing Campus, we had we had a, an opportunity to just kind of pause like we do in our teaching series and, and look back, do a little review, and then just talk about how, how do we apply these things? How do we respond to what we've been learning? Because I think especially with a, with, you know, a book like Daniel, it's a historical narrative. You know, it's really easy for us to to go through that and just say, wow, you know, what a, what a cool story, you know, or or wow, Daniel, you know, so amazing. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like what, what amazing faithfulness and trust they had in God. And and to kind of be removed from it. Um, and so Jason was really encouraging us, hey, we're called to be doers of God's word, not just hearers of God's word. Yeah. And so what does, it look, what does it look like? And he gave us some amazing tools to just to, to help us in that process so that so that we are engaging with what we're hearing and we're it's making a difference. We're allowing God to, to, to use it to transform us, right? And one of the things that he he said is we have to internalize God's Word. And another way of saying that is we have to make it personal, right? And so as we hear these <clears throat> these amazing accounts of of how God used Daniel and and his crew and and just God's faithfulness and the resolve that, that they had, we have to then allow it to be a to, to be a mirror so that we can look at our own lives and say, man, what, what are some things that can, um, that I can be thinking about? How might God be calling me to, 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 to be transformed or to respond? And so Jason was, it was great. He was like, let me give you an example. Like here's, here's four things that as I've been going through this series, just as listening to it, here's how I've internalized it. And he, he pulled out four different things that he's just been chewing on. Um, and I think they're really great because they they directly tie to <clears throat> what you guys experienced um, on your trip. And uh, I'll just I'll just read them to us. Uh, so number one was uh, D- Daniel and and his crew. They loved God supremely, and so you see that in, in Daniel chapter three verse twelve that um, that they they basically had this resolve that we've talked about a lot, but just hey. Um, we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. Like we, we love and worship God supremely above anything else. Um, number two, they, they trusted God completely. Um, and so you see that uh, in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, chapter three, hey, this God that we're able to serve, he's going to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Uh, we, even if we burn up in there, we know, we know that God uh, is is ultimately going to 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 rescue us, um, and so they they as at whatever challenges they faced, they said, "Hey, we're rolling with God. He's he hasn't let us down yet." And then yeah. number three, 
they obeyed God wholeheartedly. You see that from uh, from chapter 1, verse 8. And this is something we've been talking about. Just Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. So when when he was, you know, basically uh, offered, hey, this 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 food, this drink, jump right in with, with where the culture is going and, and what's what's easy and, and just kind of go with the flow. He said, no, uh, I'm going to stay obedient to God um, with with my whole entire heart. Um, and then uh, number four, they praised and thanked God. And so you see in chapter two uh, and also in chapter six that um, there's just even in the midst of great pressure and stress, uh, Daniel uh, gave praise to God for his situations. And how many times do we <laughs> do we struggle with that? We love to praise God and give him thanks when everything's going great, mm-hmm. you know, but but it's really tough to give thanks and praise to God when we're in the middle of war, right? Yeah. Or when we we got we get laid off, you know, from our job, or when um, you know our kids are going crazy, or um, when we want to be married so bad but we just don't have that, or whatever, you know, whatever kind of suffering or stress we're, we're feeling. Um, and so, what an amazing thing that we see that regardless of the circumstances, um, they gave praise and thanksgiving to God. So, so I don't know, just, I think there's so many parallels to, to all this yeah. stuff that you experienced there. I'm sure you, you, you saw that play out in really tangible ways. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love when, uh, Jason does the review and use because he's, he's so good at, at, uh, coming up with ways to put things into, into practice. So, mm-hmm. uh, I love when he, when he just kind of sets these things up, but, uh, yeah. you know, all these things, all four of these loving God, trusting God, obeying God, praising God are all things that, um, you know, we saw, and, and I don't want to build this one, uh, pastor up, his name is, uh, Sergey, but, and I think he would, he'd be the first one to say, Hey, it's not like I signed up for this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, I, I find myself here, and and so uh, I kind of got that that sense, you know, when uh, when everybody leaves Jesus, his followers leave him, and he looks at the disciples and he says, "Are you going to leave me too?" And he says, "Where else would we go?" That's kind of the resolve that I I picked up from hmm. uh, from Sergey. So, well, what else am I going to do? Obeying God and and praising God are. You know, you can just see it's almost a reaction for what he's uh, been through. He's a uh, a church planner and missionary guy, and uh, and now he's he's building a, a church and ministering around the the area. So uh, it was it was great being able to see uh, all these these things just come in his day to day life, and just to walk along with him while he while he lived this this out. But as you as you're saying it, it, it just comes to me that the bigger the task that we take on the more these things go get into play uh you know when these things that we think i mean i can't do this then then our love of god our trust in him has to grow when we're just going through and like okay i'm going to work today i do that all the time and and as always you know we started our day every day you know with, with praying and you know before we got out of the van go through the checkpoints or whatever go to a village we're praying and, and I'm always amazed whether it's Belize or Arizona or wherever we are, we're always praying, doing things. Then you get back home and I'm going to the store. I'm doing I'm going, you know, after my, my morning prayer, if that's, if that's happening. Uh, 
it's like, I got this, God, don't worry about it. And when we're yeah. in these other areas, these big tasks, man, we're giving it all up to him because we know yeah. it's not us. We just, we know it. And, uh, you know, isn't that, isn't that how we should be living our, our life uh, every day? And, and for all the, the reasons we don't, but uh, that's certainly the, the goal. And it's, it's really, uh, I think, what God desires uh, from us and then for us, for that blessing to to be returned to us. Man, I love, you, you make it sound so simple, but the way you just said that, like, what, what else would I do, you know? It seems like a silly thing to say, but, and yet we're called to that, you know? Uh, yes. It reminds me of our conversation yesterday about inheritance in the teaching meeting, mm-hmm. Pat. Mm-hmm. Looking at Ephesians 1 of, like, man, we, we've received this inheritance for a purpose, you know? And just that whole, like, what else would I do attitude especially in the context of inheritance. You know, I used you as an example of Pat Smith. You probably have some great, great, great grandfather, right? Who was a blacksmith or something like that. Yep. And if you're that person's heir receiving that inheritance, it's not just, oh, you get money and you get, you know, the property. It's like, this is your identity. This is your, your ability and responsibility now is to be a Smith. So if you're that person who is that heir, they probably had that same attitude. What else would I do right now? Of course, I'm going to Smith things. I'm a Smith, you know? And as we are adopted to God through Jesus and we receive that inheritance, it really should be that same exact attitude for us. Like what else could I possibly do? but be Jesus in this situation. Um, and mm-hmm. yet, for some reason, that, that escapes us frequently. But I just love the simplicity of thinking of it that way. Yeah, it seems like the more familiar our surroundings are, right, the less we feel like we need uh, God or, or to really have that. And, and, and yeah. I don't want to paint everything, everybody with a broad brush. I know it, it can be true for me. I just, I just realized the stark difference when I'm in those situations of how much I'm I'm trusting him and I'm falling back on that sacred history of God's been with me through all these things. So I can get through this. And then when it comes to like tying my shoe, I mean, not that I want (laughs) to dumb it down that much, but when it comes to my everyday life, I'm, I'm just going and I've got this. Uh, So it's, it's a good, it's a good pause. And, you know, it's like we're called to pray unceasingly and it's not that we can achieve it, but that is certainly the ideal that we, we need to, And a fire, but we're called to live up to that expectation. Yeah, and, and I, I think I'm hearing two things. You know, I'm hearing like we we have to put ourselves in uh, we have to put ourselves in situations where we're going to be kind of on the edge of faith, right? Because we can we can craft our lives in such a way where everything's just safe and easy and comfortable. Right. We're praying for comfortability, um, aren't we? Exactly, and yeah. so, so you know, we have to make sure that that we put ourselves out there a little bit, you know. Now, God is a good Father too, and He knows what we need, and He, His, uh, He disciplines us. Every good Father disciplines us, and so He's going to bring some of those those uh, pressures and trials, and 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 allow us to suffer in some ways, you know, so that we can be reminded of our need for him and our dependency upon him. Um, But also, you know, I think it's like, hey, when the spirit is leading you to go do something that's a little uncomfortable, like going on a trip or or just going and talking to that person that he's 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 
put it on your heart um, or maybe maybe making that financial decision that is going to make things a little uncomfortable for you. But but it's like, hey, I feel like God's calling us to to to, to sow into something, you know, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Don't ignore those opportunities to take that step of faith because because it, it reminds us of a, of a spiritual reality that we are in desperate need of God day by day, moment by moment. And you're right, Pat. We don't need, most of us don't need faith that God will help us tie our shoes, you know, or get ready in the morning. Like uh, some of us may, maybe you're there. Maybe that's a real struggle. Um, but but that doesn't, just because we are sufficient in, in certain tasks throughout the day, it doesn't change the fact that we are so desperate and needy and broken and that uh, our God is is limitless and powerful and merciful and gracious and, and inviting us all the time to come in and get what we need. You know, Jesus taught us how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how Jesus taught us to pray. We should be waking up every day saying, God, I'm looking to you to be my provider. I'm looking for you to be my strength. I'm looking to you to, to guide me and lead my day. And so I, I think going on a trip like this is a great reminder, but hopefully we can, we can stay in that place of, of dependency and need. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, right? It's like we realize our need <laughs> and, and that's where we get um, our blessing and that's where we um, we have access to God's strength and power the most is when we empty ourselves, right? When we get to this place where we're just like, your grace is sufficient for us, right? Yeah. And, and you know, just to to bring out a little bit from, from there, as you're talking, uh, I'm thinking that, you know, when you're in Belize, you're in Arizona, you're down in... Mexico, Hungary, where we've been, uh, Dominican Republic, gosh, the church has been everywhere, right, Uh, lately. You just anticipate God. God's going to show up in in, uh, somebody that you meet, a situation that you're in. You're always expecting that because you think, well, that's what I am here for, right? I'm on mission. I'm here to support and encourage. And I guess that's one of the biggest things when we get back home, shouldn't we be expecting God in the same way at all times uh, as we go through our life, the opportunities in uh, our work to encourage people or share the gospel to whatever extent that situation uh, calls for. Uh, when we're, we're, shopping, we're, we're always on mission, things. Pat. We're, we're always on mission, right? <laughs> and that's what I love about you. I'm just trying to attain that. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Yeah. I mean, to, to tag on to both of what you guys just said, I think like, yeah, just that idea of being willing to submit yourself, you know, to that, that discomfort, that stretching. Um, but I think most yeah. importantly, as we're thinking about that is um, you, you, you both said this to one of you another is the idea of uh, just being obedient, you know, mm-hmm. of, of listening for God's direction in those things. Because we're talking about faith, right? And we know we've been saved by God's grace through what? Through faith. Yeah. And I love in Ephesians 2, or just the specifics of that, that we are his worksmanship, right? Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, to do exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And I love that next phrase, which God prepared beforehand. You know, love God it. has specific things that he has made planned for you to do good works in. 
as his worksmanship, you know? Mm-hmm. But for us to be obedient, we have to listen to him. We have to seek him. And I love, Dan, what you're saying about just have faith, you know? But then sometimes we get kind of off track and we just have blind faith, which that's not what God calls us to. He calls us to have faith in who he is and what he promises he's going to do. So that's a good uh, takeaway, like an application type thing. Spend five minutes a day this week and look up the things that God promises he's going to do for his followers, the things that that Jesus promises the Holy Spirit is going to do in you and through you, things that Paul promises are going to happen in the church and witnessing in the world through us if we're obedient, like so many things. And all those types of things, like Dan's saying, man, we can just send it and be faithful in those arenas, knowing that that God's going to be faithful, that Jesus is faithful to the Holy Spirit because they've, they've laid it out for us how we do those things. Yeah. Good, man. It's good. All right, Pat. We don't want to uh, take up your whole day because I know you got a whole list of appointments eager to hear about your time away because you're kind of a famous man these days. Um, but maybe one last question for you, just kind of a takeaway for people. You know, I think with, with trips like yours and a lot of our missions types trips, uh, we go expecting that God is going to use us to serve people there, mm-hmm. right? But I think we also go expecting when we send out our people from our church family and they're going to return, we go expecting that God's going to use that time to equip you and teach you things that will better serve our church family when you get back, right? So you've shared a lot already, but if you could just take one little sliver and say, this is something that I want everybody at VBC to know that I saw or saw demonstrated or God just spoke to my heart in in that time out there, what would that be? No pressure. Super easy question. <laughs> okay so for the next half of the podcast we'll go through that exactly, uh, exactly. also uh, we gave you zero prep on this so no problem no uh, problem i'll give you uh, a couple things and, and i don't know if they were as much personal growth although there there were um just a couple takeaways one this trip has been longer, so it was a month. It's probably the longer, longest one that we've we've been on uh, so far when we've gone to different places. And the church family was extremely important to us while we were gone. And thing like uh, sitting down and watching the Sunday service. Now it was was Altamont's 10 o'clock and we were either eight or nine hours depending on where we were. So it was six or seven o'clock. We had evening service <laughs> over there with, uh, with our church family here. Uh, and we also went to, to church there, but uh, just seeing everybody and connecting through the, the video was, was great. Um, hearing you guys pray for us was absolutely phenomenal and very encouraging. Cool. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was good hearing the uh, other folks who had been uh, our church family as far as how many. And I always love mission updates, right? And we've had updates not from our mission partners that we support, but from our church family who's gone to support them. So that was uh, great. The, the prayer that we received was, was palpable. Uh, so many things happened that were that were positive, and uh, and the support that we had, uh, even uh, going over from the church family was was great. And uh, the other thing was, and I never expected anything different, but just the uh, you know I think Dan said uh, Daniel and his crew, right? Well, we had 
uh, our crew with Tim and Sheila, myself and mm -hmm. Laura and the, and the kids. And then, uh, for a couple of days, I think Barley was with us. Uh, I have to remember, uh, <laughs> he was actually there, but, uh, but he was there and, and just the, the people that we had as a group and, and we went through all things. And it was such a, such a blessing to think that it wasn't just, I can't even imagine Tim was there for a couple of weeks on his own, right? Visiting people, but we had the, the group there and it was such a blessing. The, um, the group dynamic that we had, the love that we, we shared, the help that we provided each other. Uh, it was, it was great. Uh, just going through that. So I think the, the church family and then our individual relationships that we had there were two takeaways that, uh, that I, I grew. And I always, I mean, going through Antioch, the local church body has always been a theme of that, uh, but it really came through uh, just the care that we've had, even since we've been back before we, we went, people that, that cared for us uh, and supported us just been, been uh, phenomenal. Wow. Well, Pat, it's been so encouraging to hear about your time and yeah, just the many ways that through yours and Sheila's faithfulness, through Tim, hearing about him out there, the different pastors who are staying the course and showing that that resolve, you know, it's so encouraging. And yeah. just want to speak to you from me and Dan's perspective right now that God already has produced fruit from your time out there. And we're looking forward to, yeah, just how you're going to continue blessing our church family through that experience. So thanks for that. And thanks for being here today, of course. Thanks. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Not the other choice. Love you. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Would, where else would I go? <laughs> That's what right. else? What else would you do? Uh, all right, y'all. Well, it's a couple of reminders. This coming Sunday is a single service Sunday at both campuses. The Crossing is going to have their big student Sunday to honor their students and talk about some of the things that have been happening this summer. And then next week, August twenty eighth, there is one. Sunday service and it's at neither campus. It's at the Alameda County Fairgrounds. It's going to be a party. Come at 9.30. Enough said about that. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Don't miss it. Bring a friend. Bring a neighbor. Yes, sir. Pat, the look on your face is priceless right now. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Hey, we love you dearly. Thanks for joining us for this pod. We hope that it's been encouraging for you. If you have any questions, you want further discussions with Pat, I, I'm sure he would love to take you out for coffee. See you guys this coming Sunday and the Sunday after that for Church of the Fairgrounds. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.